For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Is it up to McCaffrey? There it goes! It's a C-back attack! McCaffrey will make the beat! This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Podcast Network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. Available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And welcome into another brand new Spanking of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Uh, I am Desmond Johnson, joined by Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated. Uh, this is one of the, the top Panther podcast uh, spots you can go to, and you can find it on the Believe Podcast Network each and every week during the NFL season. Um, Skyler, uh, <laughs> we're going to just kind of address the elephant in the room this week. Normally, if you're a fan of the show, you know that we recap the previous week's game uh, between the Panthers and whoever opponent they had. We preview the, uh, the upcoming week's opponent, and then we touch on any news and notes, injuries, or whatnot that's going on with the Panthers. We're scrapping all that today. We're not going to do any of that today because the main thing that's going on right now with the Panthers is the play or lack thereof of quarterback Sam Darnold. And the, the franchise has kind of put themselves in a corner uh, with this. And I wanted to kind of let's let's go back. Let's go back a little bit because I see a lot of people putting blame on Matt Rule, on Scott Fitter, even David Tepper for, for even having Sam Darnold here in the first place. But I think we all need to remember Sam Darnold, their first choice, nor was he their second yeah. choice, really. Uh, you know, they. They, they wanted Deshaun Watson. Like, people are kind of forgetting how the timeline went here. Deshaun Watson started uh, rumbling here. He's from uh, this side of the country. He played at Clemson. He's a, a regional favorite. He's a national champion. And at the time, to be honest, Skyler, I think he was probably a top five quarterback in the league uh, when yeah. uh, he used those, those concerns. Yeah, and, and then the allegations came out against him, so that altered that plan a bit. Uh, second was Matthew Stafford. The Panthers had a better deal on the table for Matthew Stafford out of Detroit than anyone else did. The The Lions actually asked Matt Stafford would he rather go, and he said L.A. So they took a lesser deal to send him to where he wanted to go as opposed to here. Um, so that's two. Then uh, I, I don't know for, for a fact. I just think it's true. In the draft, uh, day one, I think they wanted Trey Lance. Like, I think that if Trey Lance had been sitting there at eight, they would have drafted Trey Lance. And that's why they had not extended Sam Darnold yet on his fifth-year extension. Like, after the first round was over, they didn't land any of those quarterbacks that they had on their board. They gave Sam that fifth-year extension on Saturday. Um, Let's just start there at first. Uh, uh, Were we wrong to just assume, Skyler, that him leaving the Jets would – I'm seeing things where people are like, you know, he's been like this his whole career, like college and pro. So yeah. I'm not really sure why people thought he would be any different. Did we make a mistake? You know, I don't know that we made a mistake because, I mean, you look at everything that the Jets have been known for in the last decade or so, and it's just been pure misery. I mean, 
It doesn't matter who the coach has been. It doesn't matter who the quarterback's been. It, it's just been an absolute dumpster fire. And mm-hmm. when when you go to a place like that to start your NFL career and arguably have the worst NFL head coach in recent memory, uh, it, it's not going to help you out. And, and I know people are saying, oh, is it really Adam Gase or was it really Sam Darnold? Well, I, in my opinion, it can be both. And I think that's yeah. the case because you look at Adam Gase – yeah, when you look at Adam Gase when he was in Miami, Ryan Tannehill was not a good quarterback. I mean, he was right. maybe average, but he goes to Tennessee, and I mean, I'm not saying he's a top five or ten quarterback in the league, but he's a good enough quarterback to win you games, as he did on on uh, Sunday night. So I, I think really when you look at that entire situation, it just kind of made sense. Like, okay, you get a young quarterback who's 24 years old, that has experience in the league, and that was kind of their best option at the point, or at that point in time. And you bring him in and hope that all it was was just a bad situation. That he was with the Jets. He had nobody to throw to. He had no running back, no offensive line, no coaching. He had nothing in New York. Now he comes to Carolina, and he's got all of that, except for maybe a a, a, a spotty offensive line. But I, I think at the time it, it kind of made sense. But as we're seeing this thing transpire, it's like okay. It's starting to look like Sam Darnold is kind of the Sam Darnold he was in New York and not the Sam Darnold we saw in the first three weeks. And I think that's the most frustrating thing for Matt Rule is because he's seen it. And, you know, this coaching staff knows the talents there. And we've talked about this many times before. I don't think it's ever been a question of talent for Sam. It's all about his confidence and how he overcomes adversity. And it's it's all decision-making. And when he second guesses himself, that's when he gets himself in trouble. Just like the the second like or the, the pick six, he he had Ian Thomas wide open, and he even admitted in the post game that he was trying to make sure that that I think it was Matthew Judon was coming at him so he could throw the ball. He was second guessing himself, and it led to a bad throw. You can't do that in this game, especially when you've been in the league for what now his fourth year. I I don't know what to make of this i'm just kind of looking at his uh season stats today he's season now so we've got plenty to kind of digest sample size with him it's just aggressively worse like each game oh uh <laughs> it, it even had mccaffrey having him in there because i think the first three games he felt the most comfortable he's ever felt in a professional setting with mccaffrey behind him and it kind of reflects in the stats i mean Jets, Saints, Texans, those games, he looked pretty good. He actually looked pretty good in the Cowboys game, too, uh, except for the two interceptions. And then it just – the wheels fall off from the Eagles game onward uh, where his – stunk. Let's just put it where it is. He's just stunk. Um, the Giants game in particular, only 100 uh, and two times uh, – well, and twice in the Cowboys game. And really, like you said, Skyler, it's some of his decision-making that's just kind of head-scratching, like – I'm from the highest of the highs with Sam Darnold to the lowest of the lows in about a two month stretch where a month ago I'm comparing him to Troy Aikman. Now I'm sitting here upset with myself that that ever came out of my mouth <laughs> because because Troy Aikman would never look like this. Troy Aikman, even when he lost Emmett and Michael Irvin, it was the end of the Cowboys and those teams like late nineties before, uh, you know, Troy had hang it up and eventually they landed on Tony Romo. Uh, he never looked like this. You know what I mean? Like he didn't look like what they were doing out there. And that's sometimes I feel like sometimes watching it, Sam intentionally tried 
and like run like say like out of the back to the right and and sam when he looked that way like he's not even looking for a check down he's looking to go down the field make a play but all the receivers are covered except for that check down guy like the thing he was doing so well at the beginning of the year it's like he's decided not to do that almost like he heard the 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 uh the rumblings online that oh well he's only playing to welcome McCaffrey or he's playing poorly because he doesn't have McCaffrey it was almost like he was trying to prove he didn't need to to McCaffrey to be successful but then in the third quarter when they actually started moving the ball it was McCaffrey, 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 yeah. like a run, quick catch, quick catch. I mean, that's what they do. And he was staying away from him. I don't know. I, I agree. He's got the arm talent, but his accuracy is like buckshot right now. It's all over the place. And I, I don't know what they can do because they've kind of put them in the corner where they're limited as to what they can even do next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not really sure where you go from here because – it's kind of a, a tough spot to be in for really any team that needs a quarterback, I guess, now or next season, because you look at this draft class, I'm not sold on any of these guys. I mean, I really Me not. You know, Matt Crowell is, from Ole Miss is okay. Uh, don't know if he's very durable. Um, Malik Willis from Liberty seems like a, like he could be intriguing, but, again, that's a project. And mm-hmm. – uh, Sam Howe from North Carolina, maybe. But honestly, I, I don't see the big difference between Sam Howe and Will Greer when they came out of college. They're almost the same. Um, so I, I think in terms of the draft, there's really be a guy there. And uh, Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, I mean, is that a yeah, franchise maybe. quarterback type kid or is he just having a good year? Yeah, and, 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 I, and I think you could say the same thing with Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. You know, I think mm-hmm. that he's, he's a guy that continues to get lost in the shuffle, but – you know, it, it, it's really, you know, for the draft, I, I don't think that's where the Panthers are going to have to go. I think they're going to have to almost hope uh, and pray that these these 22 allegations against Deshaun Watson in either drop or he is proven innocent and they can go and pursue him because I don't think that there's any other, you know, really possible option out there for him. Yeah, Russell Wilson may hit free agency. Um, is he really going to want to come to Carolina, you know, in a team that may or may not be ready to be a winner? I don't know. I think he's going to want to go somewhere where he can win and not get hit. And that's kind of the whole reason why Russell Wilson wants to leave Seattle is because he's been getting hit like crazy ever since he's came to the league. Well, you come to Carolina, that's not going to be an issue that's going to be fixed. So <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> and in the whole thing about people saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is not coming to Carolina. I'm telling you right now, there's no chance in hell that that ever happens. Cam Newton is not going to turn on, on Rodgers, too, you know, for, for that matter, last week. That, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah. But I think public perception of Aaron Rodgers has, has turned sour <laughs> because uh, of his and, situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just – it's a mess. I mean, you know, you look at – the quarterback situation and now. Okay, yes, Sam Darnold's not been good, but then people clam for have been clamoring for uh, for PJ Walker. He's not going to do anything better. I mean, no. this guy has come into the game, uh, you, you know, against the Giants, went three of thirteen, and then last uh, two weeks ago against Atlanta, almost costing the dang game. Format rule got to the NFL and could not get on a roster. Went to the XFL. That folded, and there was still no one really picking him up from the NFL. Matt Rule gave him a chance, and he basically hung around, and they chose him over Will Greer. That's literally 
where we kind of wonder if they had kept Will Greer, if it would be just different. Because to be honest, looking at this roster, offense and defense, they don't need much. They just need average quarterback play. The defense alone can win six or seven games. That's the frustrating thing about the whole thing. And I'm starting to see defensive players kind of realize that. And you can kind of see how they're answering things in press conferences now. Uh, Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick in particular, it sounded like uh, you were you were in that press conference Sunday when Reddick was basically, I'm not answering any offensive questions. Like, was that a surprise? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not necessarily because he's kind of reiterated that a few times. Um, But, I mean, I I, I get that 100%. That's why I never really ask defensive players, offensive questions and vice versa, because it just doesn't really make sense. Like, I get you're trying to push, like, some type of agenda or push some type of question on somebody, but you're never really going to get that response. And, I mean, I I think he did the right thing in in saying that uh, because that's really all he can do is worry about his side of the ball. Now, now head coach Matt Rule, uh, for the first time really all season press, where he didn't really say Sam was his quarterback if he's not injured – it, it almost sounded like he was hoping that he was hurt. <laughs> he was kind of hoping that that shoulder is worse than they thought, and they're going to have to put him on IR, and that would kind of answer the question for him. That's how it came off. He just didn't – there was there wasn't a vote of confidence like there was like after that Giants game where he had to bench him, and he still was kind of behind Sam, and everyone's looking at each other like, did you just not watch what you just benched him for? Like this is – this wasn't a one-game thing. This has been going on for the past month and a half, and yeah. it never got better. It never got better. The Panthers haven't scored – a touchdown and how long? When was the last they scored a touchdown? Like two games ago? They scored the Chuba Hubbard touchdown against Atlanta, and that's the only one in the last three games. So they've had one touchdown in the past three weeks. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and here, I mean, here's like... what I'll say about the, the whole quarterback situation behind Sam. Like, and I'm not just saying this because I've I've covered Will since his West Virginia days, but you go back and look at the preseason. And you watch those games and you watch those reps where PJ was on the field versus Will was on the field. And you're going to tell me that PJ Walker won that backup job. You're crazy. Like, there's no way he, he threw under. I, I had the stats at one point, one of my articles. It would take me forever to find it, but he was under 50% completion percentage in the preseason. That's against the third and fourth string guys. The guys that aren't even on <laughs> rosters right now. Under 50%. Will Greer, I, I can't awesome. remember his, his numbers either, but he was like, I believe, mid high 60s, maybe, you know, on the nose of 70%. And yeah. he was just completing passes. He wasn't doing anything crazy, but just take what the defense was giving him, which is all you really need to do in this offense when you have guys like Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and so on and so forth. And I'm not saying that having Will Greer on the roster right now would fix the quarterback issue situation. But he would be a much better situ- uh, replacement, I guess, for Sam Donald if he's out than PJ Walker. It's just PJ Walker has a hard time making the right decisions. Yeah, Will Greer makes the right decisions. Sometimes he just he forces a little bit down the field, but that's kind of the, the risk you take with a, a gunslinger like him. PJ Walker just he can't complete passes. That's all Will Greer does is complete passes. That's a big problem to be in the NFL as a quarterback if you can't complete passes on a regular basis. And right now the Panthers quarterback room 
basically is filled with two guys who can't uh, right now. And that's a huge, huge issue uh, for the Panthers. And, and again, but Darnold wasn't their first or second choice. Having said that, though, because I, I see people online getting the timeline conflicted where they're like, well, we got rid of Teddy Bridgewater for Sam Darnold. That's not exactly what happened. They let Teddy go for different reasons other than, ooh, we want Sam Darnold. It was really more – I think people forget we were angry with Teddy Bridgewater at this point last year. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we were frustrated with Teddy Bridgewater. It was for different reasons. He was completing passes and, and everything, he but he couldn't get them into the end zone and he couldn't complete games. Like he had eight different opportunities to win a football game with the ball in his hand uh, at the end and lost. He was 0-8 in those situations and he would not throw the ball down the field. Uh, and it got to a point where, yeah, he padded the stats. And, yeah, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore both were over a 1,000 yards receiving for the year. Uh, but what did it amount to? It only amounted to five wins. And it, really, by the end of the season, Teddy was kind of talking down on the coaching staff uh, on his way out the door. You know, like that, uh, to me, that's why Teddy Bridgewater isn't here. Uh, that one week where he basically threw uh, Joe Brady under the bus uh, yeah. I think it was Minnesota, I think it was, that they lost where uh, – was that the one where Teddy basically – he went faster than the coaching staff wanted him to. They were down the goal line. He overthrew DJ Moore. DJ Moore kind of landed awkwardly in the back of the end zone. I think he twisted his ankle or something. So he got hurt on the play. Uh, the pass was incomplete. Panthers ended up losing the game. Um, and then in the post game, Teddy was saying that the plays weren't coming in fast enough or something like that. Um uh, Things like that. He said they never practiced red zone. Don't uh, don't forget the uh, the situation at Green Bay where he tried to reach over the goal line with the ball and fumbled. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. So I mean, he he built up a resume for reasons why he was not going to be retained. The problem is they have sunk a bunch of money in this quarterback position over the okay. past. <laughs> it's not even two seasons yet. I mean, <laughs> a season and a half. They they've dumped money into this thing, and it just makes me sit back and go. Wouldn't they have just been better off just keeping Cam Newton at this point? Like way back before Teddy, like they could have just kept Cam. I, people say, well, he wanted a five-year extension. They didn't want to give it to him, blah, blah, blah. Pretty sure Cam would have took something less if he was able to stay home and to get healthy. And uh, the one thing that I always come back to as an avid Panthers fan and a, a huge Cam Newton fan, Cam Newton never got the resources from the front office in terms of building skill players around him. Like they never really used draft capital to get him a wide receiver or to get him a running back or anything like that until the last two years he was here when they drafted McCaffrey and then they drafted DJ Moore. And it felt like Marty Herney was finally starting to put some weapons around Cam as he got older. We got robbed of really seeing him in this offense with those players uh, because they wanted somebody that was younger and they thought that Cam was pretty much uh, used goods, I guess, at that point. But I keep seeing it coming back up again and again. You know, Cam sitting at home, he's 32, working out, making videos and stuff. Is it even in the realm of possibility that it gets so bad in Carolina that they pick up the phone and call him? Or do you think that that's, that ship has sailed? He'll never come back here and play football. Like, what what's the vibe that you get in terms of Cam's relationship with Carolina and vice versa? I think – Right now, it, it doesn't seem like that would ever be the possibility because – and I'll just say this. After the debacle in New York, I mean, that was as bad as bad gets. I mean, Darnold was bad on Sunday um, 
against New England, but it was it was way worse against mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. Um, it just felt like they couldn't do anything. And when that type of game happens and you don't do anything at the trade deadline, you don't sign any veteran quarterback, you know, and the guy that you bring in is a practice squad quarterback and Josh Love, to me that tells me they're just going to stick it you know, stick it out with Darnold and P.J. Walker. And maybe they add another quarterback, but it's not going to be Cam Newton. Again, Sam Darnold has so much trouble overcoming adversity. You bring in another guy like Cam Newton into that locker room, all of a sudden that adversity just got heightened because now you have to your, – your, 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 I guess your window for error is even smaller. And if Cam Newton's on the roster – you're going to be looking over your shoulder, wondering when you're going to come out of the game if you start messing up. You don't want to have that happen with Sam Darnold. He's already got his own issues to work out. And I guess I'll go back to to, to what I was going to say about Scott Fitter. I, I do think that Scott Fitter is doing a good job for, for the most part. He, he's made a lot of nice moves. He, he drafted well this past year. I think he's going to be a really good GM for Carolina, but he's got some real stinkers in there. <laughs> yeah. To me, it did it did not make any sense in the world to extend Robbie Anderson before the season started when he's on the final year of his deal. Just let that thing play out. And, and you know, if he goes off and has a great season, then you pay the money to him that he deserves. But if he doesn't, like he's doing right now, you can counter back and say, yeah, we'd like to keep you here, but we're only going to give you this much money. Because when you look back last season, again, that was all with Teddy Bridgewater. Right. This is a completely different quarterback. You don't know how these two guys are going to come together. And yeah, they did it in New York, but this is a whole dude, a whole new offense, whole different scheme. I think they would have been better served to let this season play out. And if Robbie had a tremendous season and he was wanting crazy money, you could say, "Yeah, we'll, we'll either extend you or we'll let you walk and hope that Terrace Marshall can step up into that role." And I think the other thing was I, I don't understand picking up the fifth year option on Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's the part that I'm kind of confused on looking back on it in hindsight. It was like, even if they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round, Sam hadn't played a snap yet for Carolina. Why in the world would they have picked up his fifth-year option when nothing in his career suggested that they should pay him $26 million or whatever it's going to be next year? Uh, meanwhile, Robbie Anderson, through eight games, has 19 receptions for 206 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and that's it. Uh, he's got a couple games in here where, well, one, the Falcons game, he didn't catch anything. Um, he had one target and got smacked. Yeah, some of these he wasn't targeted, but a couple of times as well. So there's this whole Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, or buddies just because they played at the Jets a couple of years has been kind of, well, it's been proven to be not true. Um, if anything, I saw a meme on Twitter uh or it was like a reenactment of Robbie Anderson seeing Sam Darnold come through the locker room for the first time in Carolina. And it's, uh, it's Will Smith screaming at the mannequin and I am legend in the middle of the street. It's like, you're not supposed to be here. No, no. And like grabbing his gun and shooting at the mannequin or whatever. So I'm starting to wonder if uh, maybe because thinking back on it too, think about it. I mean, you would think if they really had a connection like that, that he would have maybe been forcing it to Robbie at the start. But it felt like he was trying to ignore Robbie or not really targeting him. He was really more attached to DJ Moore uh, in the passing game, which ain't bad. DJ Moore is the number one receiver in my mind. But Robbie has fallen off. And the contract that he signed 
they gave him a two-year, $29.5 million contract extension that, if I'm not mistaken, does that kick in next year or is this the first year right now? I believe it'll kick in next year. So they've got him under wraps for the next two and a half seasons. But honestly, I... If I if somebody came along with a deal for something, I'd probably throw Robbie in there at this point because he's not really doing the same stuff he was doing in the offense last year, to your point, with Teddy Bridgewater. And I like the potential of Terrence Marshall, to be honest. Uh, I know he's been hurt the past couple of weeks, but I, looking forward future-wise, a combo of Moore and Marshall excites me more than a combo of Moore and Anderson. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, too, with Robbie, you got to almost be careful because how much of it is just Sam is just not putting him in good positions to catch the ball? I know he's got a lot of drops. He's got a lot of drops. But yeah. sometimes those drops could be where you could almost place him on the quarterback just because of where the ball's placed or when the ball was thrown, like the timing. For example, Atlanta, when he got smacked, you really can't put that on Robbie because yeah, when I when I saw it from the corner – because where we were sitting in the press box, it was like in the, the corner of the end zone. Darnold had Robbie Anderson immediately right away and waited almost as if he was trying to look for somewhere else to go mm-hmm. before going to Robbie. And then he's like, eh, got a throw to Robbie. And it was way too late. See? And that that's what I'm talking about. The second guessing and just the, the bad decision making. You When you see him open, you don't need to see – if anybody else is more open, just yeah. take the guy that's open. And I think that some of those drops could be because of Sam Darnold, and you don't want to necessarily give away a guy with the talent that Robbie Anderson has because the quarterback hasn't played at a high enough level. So, to me, again, those two moves, to pick up fifth, uh, the fifth-year option on Darnold, to extend Robbie Anderson does not make sense. And I guess you could even go back to the trade for Sam Darnold. I understand that you didn't really want to – continue with Teddy Bridgewater, but if it was going to cost you three draft picks, one of them being a second round pick Mm -hmm. for a quarterback that has not proven anything, does that make any sense at all? And instead of just kind of staying put with Teddy for maybe another year until you figure something out, like, or, or maybe you trade Teddy and you have Will Greer and PJ Walker battle it out and you tank for another year and then get your quarterback. I mean, I don't know. See, and that goes back to what I was just saying before. They would have been better off just keeping Cam Newton, like through all this. Like, can't it's not like Cam had a super crazy large contract or anything. And if the issue was, you know, we're concerned about your health, you build a you build a a contract that has incentives in it, like heavy incentive, and sign him for two years, three years, or whatever, give him an out. And if it don't work out at that point, then you know. But you basically disposed of the face of the franchise, the most popular player in franchise history. And there's a picture going around on Twitter right now. You've probably seen it being in the stadium where there's a banner in one of the hallways uh, or a painting or a picture or something that's celebrating the 2015 NFC Championship. And in the picture, you can see Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, uh, Ryan Khalil, and a hand. Like, they cut Cam Newton out of the picture. Like, it's them holding the NFC Championship trophy on Bank of America's field. And it's like a a long banner type thing. And it's like kind of paying homage to him. And they've cut Cam Newton out of the picture entirely. And wow. from what I've heard from people is that they kind of are trying to erase him from the memory of the Panthers in terms of things around the stadium and stuff like that. To that, I ask why. Like, what is the what is the point of doing that? I don't understand why they would erase the most successful period in franchise history because the player isn't here anymore. And that, that's why I was asking, what, what kind of vibe do you get 
when it comes to Cam and these Panthers because I hadn't really caught anything from Cam's side that he's angry with the Panthers. He's always said, you know, it's business. I get it. I understand. Uh, and I haven't really heard anything from the Panthers' side that they were upset with him other than they just wanted to go fresh and new, which I totally got, new regime, new coaches and everything. I get it. But looking back in hindsight, we could have got the same thing I can't even imagine Cam playing like this. Like at least Cam would have made it enjoyable to watch. Like that that's the vibe I'm getting from Panthers fans now. And that's what I'm starting to feel like now too, where at least with Cam Newton, I don't recall any single football game, no matter how hurt he might've been or who was hurt around him, who was not available. I don't remember a single game that we went into where I felt like we did not have a chance to win the football game with Cam Newton. Now I get up on Sundays and I expect to lose because our quarterback is going to lose it for us. And that's a different, drastically different feeling where you're like, our quarterback is playing for the other team. That's what it feels like. He's playing for them. He's going to throw them the ball more. He's going to throw it to us. He's not going to make it easy. We'll have to win despite him. And that's, I think that's what the defense is thinking right now. They're feel, they feel like we have to go win football games despite Sam Darnold being out here stinking it up. Uh, from what you were saying earlier about the passes drop, Carolina still leads the league in passes dropped. They have 20 uh, passes dropped. Miami's behind them with 16. The Chargers have 16. And the Giants have 16 as well. Um, so, I mean, there you go. The top four in there are a mismatch of teams. Uh and I thought for a while, a week or two back, well, maybe we're being too hard on Sam because his receivers are dropping uh, passes, and that goes on Sam. But to your point, a lot of it's placement, a lot of it's situational football, um, and some of it's just the case of the dropsies for some of these these receivers. But clearly there's a disconnect between Darnold and his wide receivers right now. Um, shout out to uh, our friends over at Carolina Blitz um, who – caught a, a video of Robbie yelling at uh, Sam on the sideline after that third interception. And uh, from my understanding, Robbie and DJ Moore didn't go sit over by Sam Darnold. They went over and sat by PJ Walker on the bench and Darnold sat by himself or off to the side. That, that screams to me, this is something that may not be able to be fixed. Like what are your thoughts on that in terms of the relationship with the wide receivers and, and, and Darnold right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's pretty well cracked. I mean, <laughs> because when but I don't know if you saw, but the play before the inter the third interception in the end zone, Donald rolled right, had Robbie Anderson wide open, maybe maybe for a first down, if not, would have got you know a good seven eight yards out of it, and in, I mean he was staring him down the whole time and decided to not throw him the ball and run for two or three yards and go out of bounds. Well, as Donald was passing. Robbie, I was I was interested to see what was going to happen because I mean it was as open as open gets. Yeah. And as soon as Darnold ran by Robbie Anderson, Robbie just threw his arms up in the air. <laughs> like yeah. oh, I saw that play. Yeah. I saw that play on TV, and I, I kept it in my mind mentally. Like I was looking for little things like that. I know exactly what you were talking about with Darnold yeah. running down the sideline or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. For for a, a grand gain of two or three yards. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess, you know, for Robbie, I mean, you, you've got to be ticked off when you only had one catch for two yards on three targets. Um, he had one catch. So, or yeah, so one one catch on three targets. J.C. Jackson had two targets, two catches for the Patriots. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to make of it other than that J.C. Jackson had 
um, he would have been the, the the third leading receiver on the Panthers on Sunday. Um, but I, I just think, you know, again, with the whole Cam situation, I think really that comes down to – I think it was just time. Like as, as much as, as Cam brought and as much as um, he kept the Panthers competitive week in and week out, you look at the overall record that he had as a starter, it's not the greatest – you look at the health that he had the last year and a half that he was there, he was hurt a lot. And when you bring in a new coaching staff that sees that, you know, a team that's been reeling, it's not been winning games, it's been, had a, a hurt starting quarterback, they want to move in a different direction so that way they can pave their own foundation and and build something with whatever quarterback it is or, you know, you know whether it be option, the third or fourth option now that they've been on. Um. I think they, they they don't want to go back on that and say, ah, oh, let's bring Cam Newton back and admit maybe we we shouldn't have cut the ties as early as we did. And so you think it's a pride thing? That's it, really it, the main thing? It could be a pride thing. And I think that's that's what it is with coaches. They don't want to admit the wrongs in, in those certain situations. Now, if it's you know a defensive tackle or whatever, who cares? But you know, if it was Kawan Short, I don't think they're really gonna, you know, be be prideful of saying, okay, let's bring Quan Short back. But when it comes to Cam Newton, that quarterback position, I just think not only would it, it would be them, you know, hurt, taking a hit to their pride, but it would also, again, bring in a lot of pressure for this team because then all of a sudden you've got that whole quarterback room and, you know, you don't know what where you're going to go in terms of week-by-week thing. Now you're going to pay Darnold millions of dollars to sit on the bench they don't want to invest more money, I think, into that quarterback room than they already have, and it's not working. So I think they just kind of want to get to this offseason and figure things out, and hopefully maybe they can find a way to get rid of Darnold's contract. Maybe someone yes. would be willing to pick it up. I don't know who, but, again, I, I don't I don't see them wanting to pay Cam Newton even a couple million dollars when they've got so, many, so much money tied up with Sam Darnold right now. See, and that, and that in a nutshell is the problem because I can't imagine them deciding they can rehabilitate Sam Darnold at this point. Like they've had yeah. to hit some sort of wall where they realize, okay, sometimes you just are what you are. Uh, and, and I think Matt's realizing that. Yeah. You know, like sometimes players, they might be practice guys. They might be dudes that show they can do it in practice and then they get out in the field and they just can't do it. You know, like you can have all the arm talent in the world. You can be Jeff George all day long, but if you can't win football games in the league, they're not going to keep you around. And we we wonder, David Tepper's the richest owner in the league by far. He's worth $14, 15000000000 billion. Would he be willing to eat that money? I think he would be willing to eat it only if Deshaun Watson was available and clear. Like, I think he would eat that money. Like if because yeah. that's a proven commodity, and in this offense in this area, Carolina becomes a twelve-win football team. In my opinion, with that defense, if you put Deshaun Watson in this offense with McCaffrey behind him, Moore and Anderson on the outside, a young tight end, Tommy Trimble, mobility so that the line's going to look better. I mean, that's the frustrating thing. It feels like this roster is a quarterback away from actually doing some damage, and. Instead, it's the quarterback doing the damage <laughs> to the team, and it feels like they don't have a way out of it because, again, like we said, the backup quarterback is worse, which is why he's the backup. He's actually a lower level than the regular backups you would have, 
There's nowhere else to get a quarterback halfway through the season. There is no other quarterback on the roster. I mean, maybe they uh, make a call down south and see if Philip Rivers wants to uh, come out. Because yeah. I saw that, uh, who was it? Some team was like, uh, they might give Philip Rivers a call. He's teaching, or he's coaching high school football, like in Louisiana or something right now. Uh, but hey. It was the Saints when, when Jeremy. I think it was. Out. Yeah, I think it was the Saints. W- would that be? Would you be willing to let Philip Rivers take a turn at this? <laughs> I, I would say no right now, just because you know it's just an aging quarterback that's only going to fix this season. And I, again, I don't know that that would even fix this season. Yeah, um, but it, it's just so it, it's just a tough situation to be in. It really is because I, I don't know what you do moving forward because right now it's almost like Panthers fans just want to be like. They they wish this was a Madden game and they could just hit that simulate end of the season. <laughs> because from here on out, it's going to be an eyesore to watch this team on offense. That's defense, so sad. It's, it's fun. It's actually fun to watch them play defense. It is. It is. And I like how the defense hasn't quit. You know, like they're, I think they're starting to realize, hey, we got to get turnovers. We got to score. You know, we yeah. got to do all kinds of things just to kind of make this competitive because I think they're going out there thinking, Sam is going to turn this ball over at least twice in this football game. And it's going to put us in bad situations, which he's done the past month where they've turned the ball over in the red zone for the opposing team, like early in football games and create holes. I just, I hope that I hope that I'm still holding out hope for Matt rule as a professional football coach. I haven't had final judgment on him yet because although this has happened with Darnold, he did have a a say in building that defense. You know, like people, exactly. like, they don't have an offensive line, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, they consciously made a decision to build the defense first. And they did that. In two drafts. Yeah. In two drafts, they basically picked like 11 defensive players or whatever and got some gems in both of those drafts that are showing out right now. I can't hate that. I'm a defensive guy. Like I run the football, stop the run type of uh, football fan. So for me to see them have a concentrated effort to, they cleared the defensive roster when they got in here. Like they cleared it. Shaq Thompson, I think, is the only one left from uh, who was on that team in 2018 or 2019. And they've rebuilt it. And it's a top unit. It's been solid. I like what they're doing. I like what Phil Snow's doing with the unit. But you're starting to see them wear down now, too, where first three or four weeks of the season, it felt like you couldn't really score on these dudes. Now it's like as the game goes on and they're out there longer and longer teams are starting to gash them a little bit in the run game. Uh, They're one of the top passing defenses in the league still, which is great. But if you're out there, you know, majority of the time, no defense can really be successful uh, getting placed in situations they're getting placed in. So I don't know if we solved the problem here today. I don't know if, uh, (laughs) if we came up with a solution, is there a solution? Like I really don't want to tell Panther fans, Hey, buckle up because you got another nine games of this nonsense coming at you. Like, right now because there's nothing else they can do that but, feels like a confidence to me <laughs> i mean the one thing that i've noticed and i've kind of picked up on because i think you mentioned it earlier this season it was something about matt rule and his press conferences and you can tell oh he's either starting to talk fast or he deflects a question and this is the perfect example because i'm gonna go do some digging after the show and i'll try and find it for next week's show where there was a similar question asked about Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. And it's almost the same response that he gave. This is the response that he gave 
following the game Sunday when he was asked if he believes Sam Donald gives them the best opportunity when he says, I'll watch the tape before I make a big statement. To be quite honest, I want to make sure I see everything and consider all factors. I know Sam prepared hard. I thought he went out there and I thought he showed some toughness. He grew it through the end. I don't want to lay anything at his feet. We can't have a quarterback throwing up the ball in the air. He knows that. I know that. Whether we have to get the coaches, whether we have whether we have to get with the coaches and figure out is it coaching, is it him, what is it? We can't just we just can't keep doing this. But I have to see everything before I can make an answer. So hmm. everything that he just said there is deflecting from the question. Right. And and when he says, I want to go and see everything and consider all factors, to me that's a big red flag as he knows he's not the answer. Yep. That, that, I kind of got that vibe from him too. And yeah, for me, I've, I've kind of seen whenever Matt Rule starts talking real fast, like mid-sentence, <laughs> like if he's answering a question and all of a sudden he kind of speeds up and he starts kind of rattling words out of there. He is, it's like you can see his mind. His mind is like a typewriter. And it's like you see him trying to captivate like the audience with a question, well, to an answer to the question without giving away whatever the real answer is. But because of the manner and the way he's doing it, it's a it's like a, a poker tell. Like it's like you can see that that's going on. And uh, he's been talking real fast past three or four weeks. Uh, <laughs> these press conferences. Minus uh, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now with that though, and we'll, we'll talk about this, and then we got to get out of here. Do you think he's still trying to protect Sam Darnold? Because that's what it comes off as that he doesn't want to. I don't know, hurt his feelings or something. Well, like it's weird. See, that, that's the thing that a lot of the, the fans on I've seen on Facebook have talked about saying, oh, he's, you know, what is, you know, he, he's protecting him and all that stuff. To me, that's what you want to see from a head coach because you don't want to see him throwing him completely under the bus, destroying his confidence more than it already is. And if you want a guy like Deshaun Watson this offseason or you want a guy if, if they throw a Hail Mary for Russell Wilson, you want to have that 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 uh background or you know that just that knowledge that your coach is going to stand behind you no matter what happens even when the bad is as bad as it gets and that's what's happening right now you don't want him to go out there and say yeah sam's just not the answer like he in and continue to to bash him and stuff like that you want him to stay behind the quarterback and i think he's doing the right things and he and he knows that the answer is not on this roster it can't get on the roster until this offseason so why why continue to bash the guy and kick the guy when he's down? Do what you can to build him back up as best as you can. That way you can maneuver throughout the season and, and hopefully win a few games to stay in it and not let this thing snowball out of control. So. Well, they are, they are on the ledge right now. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's going to end up resulting in a mutiny on the team. I don't know if – I think it's almost getting to a point where rules – job security is going to get tied to Sam Darnold's performance. Like, I feel like that road is coming. Like, it hadn't, we haven't really got there yet, but there's rumblings already in the fan base. And I, I can only imagine that David Tepper hears all this when, uh, as week by week goes by. Now, would they fire Matt Rule because of them picking Sam Darnold? I don't think so. Um, I think they've seen enough with Rule where they're willing to kind of let this play out. But this isn't the plan. The plan was to get a, a quarterback in here in the first year or two and let him grow with the defense they were building for him and McCaffrey in his prime, they're kind of messing that up by, you know, Teddy and now Sam, you're, you're, you're wasting years of Christian McCaffrey's career when you just paid him, you just paid him yeah. an extension, you know? So you've really got about, 
how old is Christian McCaffrey? 25, 26, something like that. Yeah. So you probably got about maybe a good hard three to four years of this McCaffrey, depending on injury and things of that sort. But for the most part, he's been fairly durable for most of his career. Uh, and this is the time if you're going to pay a running back that kind of money, pay it to him now while he's in his prime. So that I don't have a problem with them paying him when they did. And to be honest, they probably got a bargain on it uh, by the time he gets to the end of it. But you're wasting that uh, with these quarterback decisions and trying to make a quarterback something he's not. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm open about week 10. The whole levy breaks and we see Cam Newton at the podium wearing a, a church hat and, <laughs> and some kind of big bird jacket or something. And he's like, I'm back. And like the whole thing just kind of goes off the rails, because if it's going to go off the rails, let's at least be stylish and, and, you know, fancy when it happens instead of this just I don't even like getting online <laughs> anymore. Like I, no. I feel like other teams fans have been waiting for this to happen and they're just piling on and piling on. I'm like, we haven't even done anything. We haven't won anything. We haven't <laughs> like, why is everybody so mad at the Panthers? We haven't done anything. Cam Newton's not even here anymore, but we get all that. So. Did, did you see the, uh, the, the tweet from Julian Edelman? Mm-mm, no, he, he tweeted out the, uh, the gif of a, of the ghost from when Sam said, he's seeing <laughs> So I thought that was pretty fun. They have the ghosts have followed him uh, from the Jets to Carolina. So we, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, we weren't going to go too deep into what happened this past uh, Sunday against the Patriots. We're not going to go too deep into uh, what's going to happen this upcoming week. I I haven't even looked ahead to see who we're playing. (laughs) Arizona, the Cardinals. So they get so the defense gets to chase Kyler Murray around for three and a half hours and. We get to watch whoever's playing quarterback uh, for Carolina try to get a win. Um, it sounds like it sounds like Sam's not going to play. Uh, now that could change. We're doing this on Tuesday. We probably won't know until Wednesday or so. But they're kind of hyping that shoulder thing. Like oh, this might be a big deal. So we'll keep our ears open for that and see what happens. Panthers taking on uh, one of the leaders in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals, on Sunday. Um, we'll be back next week and hopefully. We'll have some good things to talk about with the Panthers. We say all this, and they're they're three and five with you know nine games to go or whatever in the season. So it's not like they've entered a part of the season where all hope is lost, but they are right there at the point where they need to figure this out if they're going to be anything this year, or this is going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> and at that point, all bets are off. So um, we got to get out of here for Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan. I'm uh, Desmond Johnson from Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You've been listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Networks. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.